On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we talk about injuries, roster additions, and the Cincinnati Bengals. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Jones, look at that balance, Aaron Jones. See ya. Saving for the pod, but Jenkins, Bakhtiari, all these guys coming back. <sighs> hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, 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 yo. Where <laughs> have all the Packers gone? Ooh, let's actually start right there. On a scale from one whatever we're we're gonna pull it out to 10 i pee myself every 30 seconds thinking about it where are you with this jair injury myth you know mystery where is he at situation it can't be good no no way uh i think he might knowing jair and knowing it's too early in the season for him to give up, I think there's a chance that he tries at, at some given point. Um, but honestly, if if doctors are saying, and a majority of doctors are saying to get surgery, like at what point as a professional athlete do you need to think about the future instead of just one season? So it's going to be a tough decision either way. But knowing you know knowing what we know of Jair and how intense he is, he's going to want to play. It, it started as something I think we all felt was like two to four weeks he'll be out. We can get through Bengals, Bears, maybe possibly football team, and then like let's try to get him back. And then the quieter the Packers got on this, the more you're like, oh, shit, this is not good. Like they're debating do we need to lock him down for the season, shut him down for the season, or can he strap it up and play? And you know he's getting 18 different opinions from everyone and their grandmothers right now. But overall, that's not good. I mean, name a player outside of Aaron Rodgers that we could least afford to lose. I think the list starts with Jair. 100%. Yeah, it's if there is ever a Batman signal in the sky that says, hey, Kevin King, now would be a really, really good time to step <laughs> no up. Kidding. Holy man. Learn <laughs> how not to get I burned. Mean, yeah. His contract can go from $4 million a year for like three <laughs> years to five years at $10 million a year. If he just out of the blue, A, stays healthy, and B, can be a okay number one corner for us. Yeah, for like six games. Six games. Give me six games, Kevin. More like 16. I mean, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl here, but 16. We just got to make it to the playoffs, and then Jair's back, right? I don't know if that's how this injury works. I'm no doctor. (laughs) (laughs) It is crazy, though. Uh, We we have a lot of negative thoughts out in Packer world about Goot signing Kevin King, but he saw this. This was never a Stokes play. Kevin King was supposed to take over for Jair when he went down, but it's yeah. it's insane. <laughs> and I want to clear the air really quick. We've obviously in our group have been texting a lot. I'm sure the entire Packer Nation has as well. If you don't think that the Packers made calls to every single major free agent or or player dropped over the last two weeks, you're insane. By Thank all you. accounts, by all reports, 
Goot was on the phone with every single person trying to make it happen. Uh, Jamie Collins wanted to head back to New England. Great. That's where he started his career. He wanted to go back there. Awesome. It sounded by all accounts that Gilmore was ready to come to Green Bay. And then with the addition of the Panthers trade, that meant they took on more money that the Packers didn't have. And that's how that happened. So let's perfectly transition. We have Dan, another Notre Dame fighting Irish player on this team. Hopefully he does a little bit more than the other guy we have on this team. Jalen Smith wearing number nine is a Packer. How do we feel about him bolstering this inside linebacker crew? I have tempered excitement. And I'm trying to be realistic about this, but if – People don't know the Jalen Smith story because you've been hiding under a rock for the last three years. Coming out of college, he had Patrick Willis comparisons. He had the scouts drooling a top two or three overall pick as a middle linebacker, like just a unique talent, a generational talent that everyone was excited to uh, try to draft and and put on their team. And then the the devastating knee injury when you see a leg go backwards in a bowl game, uh, that's never good. It actually reminded me of Joe Thomas getting hurt in a bowl game, just a, a stud that's a surefire top draft pick and then getting hurt in uh, what could have been the last game of his career even. So doubts that he ever comes back, right? He, he spends the first year recovering. He comes back in the second year. He plays well. He makes the 2019 Pro Bowl. And then quite frankly, there were some hustle issues and some limitations in the passing game that I would definitely say were due to the injury because in his prime, I remember him covering slot receivers at USC, like a middle linebacker covering slot receivers at USC who never lacks for wide receiver talent. The guy could move. So um, I think whatever we get, we're going to get the best version of Jalen Smith because he just got served a slice of humble pie. This guy has been the greatest thing since sliced bread since he came out of high school as the Buckus Award winner for high school. He was the Buckus Award winner for college. The Cowboys took a chance on him. His brother was on the team in Dallas with him. He recovered. He was a starter right away. We get him at 770K, I think it was, the veteran minimum. At worst for the Packers, he's our number three. If you can get Chris Barnes healthy, Devondre Campbell are your two starters, and Jalen can rotate in if you – got him to commit to play some special teams and try to shore that up for us for 770k beautiful signing if he does anything better which he's got every motivation in the world to do that he could easily be our number one middle linebacker and that's acknowledging how well Devondre Campbell is playing this guy has the the pure raw talent to be able to do that so a beautiful pick I'm glad that he was smart enough this being Jalen Smith and Gutekunst to reach out but Jalen Smith to say I've got 16 weeks, not six, Josh, but 16 weeks to show that I've still got it. And I'm going to go to a Super Bowl contender that's weak at middle linebacker. It made perfect sense for every party involved. So I'm excited, but I have tempered expectations because of what he's actually been on the field in the last two years. Uh, but that's our number three middle linebacker at worst, right? No, uh, I think I think Jalen Smith's best friend is going to be Devon J. Campbell. I mean, just think about it. Similar situations. Campbell just showed up. He didn't even play in the preseason. He played god awful in the first game where everyone was saying, let's don't even start him. Um, And now he's he's 
what what did you say? Number three in tackles, number four in tackles in the NFL. I mean, the guy's showing up. He's playing really well in man-to-man coverage against really athletic tight ends. Josh took so, this as an opportunity to hype up his boy, Devontae Campbell, more. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think Jalen Smith will become our number one. And that will only make this defense that much better because Campbell can focus more as a number two on tight end coverage, uh, maybe zone coverage over the middle and Smith can fill the run. I mean, yes, you're right. Smith has been lacking in pass coverage, but that's where Devondre Campbell is shining right now. So to get a guy that can just focus on filling the hole and helping this rush defense, I think it's an amazing pickup. Now I want to Steven Gilmore more, but this made our defense better. Yeah. And yeah, I was surprised at the number of Packer reporters that were throwing out videos of of Jalen Smith just looking awful this year and wondering why why do we want this guy? And as Dan mentioned, if you can get a guy that could legitimately be a starter in the NFL for 800K, this is the easiest decision in the world. And it truly is kind of this storybook timeline of an absolute freaking college that has a borderline uh, career-ending injury, comes back to make a Pro Bowl, and then the team gets a new defensive coordinator. They get Micah Parsons, who's an absolute set out of Penn State. Things shift within that defense, and he's left out on his own, makes some bad plays, and they go, why are we paying this dude nine figures? It can't happen anymore, and they release him. If there is a guy... With that much talent and that much backstory and has proven that he can do it, would you rather see a Jalen Smith kind of character at 85% or a beautiful Ty Summers play where you know for a fact he's just holding on for dear life? Like that's what we're talking about. Are you okay upgrading Ty Summers? Every single Packer fan should go 100% yes. And could he become more? Absolutely. We Barnes is a great player, but we've seen over the last two years, this dude cannot stay healthy. So if it is the Smith, Smith and Smith show by week 12, hallelujah, let's fucking roll boys. But uh, yeah. I'm excited about this pickup. Gilmore would have been nice for the, the security. You could never have too many uh, cornerbacks and safeties in this league. But I think for the need of this Packers group in terms of the middle of the field has always been an issue. I don't remember being this excited about middle linebackers since the Hawk Matthews days. Like, oh, yeah. I, I don't know when I've been like, yeah, we have two to three legitimate players in there. I, I just And don't if the Darius ever comes back, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, and Chauncey Rivers went to the IR. It sounds like the second to last play from practice on Wednesday. He tears his ACL. Uh, Jalen could also give you some reps on the edge, too. I, I don't think he's like a seasoned pass rusher, even to the degree Micah Parsons has shown as a rookie. He's been so impressive. Uh, but he's got the athletic talent to play out there as well. And Ryan, you make a great point. Like if you're a Packer fan kind of poo-pooing this signing and and trying to make fun of the bad plays by Jalen Smith, A, like why are you being negative when you could look at the positives and be optimistic? B, think about what this guy's gone through since he was a pro bowler. The Cowboys go through a head coaching change in 2020 and then they go through a D coordinator change in 2021 and his play drops off. Like this could easily be one of those scenarios where he gets in the right scheme with the right coaches, with the right guys around him and shines again. So I'm ecstatic for it. The one thing I will call out as a 
as having been a fan of his for whatever, six years, he's not a great interview. Like when he gets the <laughs> mic is one of those, you're like, ah, let's just well, it'll fit right else. in. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be surprised the first time he's interviewed, you're like, uh, we're not going to get much out of him, are we? <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Enough about Jalen Smith, Dan. We get you want to talk about Rasul Douglas? Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we did pick up another guy. Great, great, great. Uh, even happier news, Jenkins is back, even though Myers is, is gone. So it's just, it's going to be revolving wheel of what is happening, who's doing what, how are we playing this, but it's, it's just... It's the new NFL, boys. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. It's going to be a, it's going to be a constant turnover of who steps up in the time being. But let's turn is, our attention... What is oh. Myers questionable with? I didn't even catch that. Like Jenkins is back practicing, but Myers is listed as questionable. I think it's his ass. His ass hurts. <laughs> it got handed to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has that Ohio State connection, so is Urban part of this problem? Oh, oh okay. God. All right. Let's transition. Let's transition. We have a big game this Sunday, which is surprising because I think at the start of the season we kind of overlooked this matchup. And you can look at this Cincinnati Bengals team a lot of different ways. They are three and one, but their wins were in overtime against the Vikings, which they tried their darndest to lose. They lose to the Bears, even though Fields came in for an Andy Dalton situation. They almost pulled that one off. The Steelers, they won, which, again, big band, big band, big band. And then they barely survived Jacksonville Jaguars last weekend. So there's there's things that are great. There's things that are not. I'm. I'll say it right off the bat. I thought Joe Burrow's coming off an injury, season-ending injury, would take a little time to gain confidence. This dude is freaking slinging it. 73% completions, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. Joe Mixon is still questionable, but it sounds like they're going to get T. Higgins back. How do we feel about them legitimately being three wide receivers, a solid tight end, and a Joe Burrow's offense away from taking on this Packers. Well, first, you bring up the good point. You know, everybody was given the Denver Broncos crap last week as like the worst 3-0 and team they've ever seen. The Bengals were right there with them. I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't as bad as the Broncos, but it was very close. Um, they haven't played great talent. Yes, Joe Burrow has looked really good. But look at the defense he's played. I mean, it, it, you can compare it to the Packers even just in the Pittsburgh Steelers game alone. I mean, we did same, if not worse, damage on offense and defense. Um, so I, I'm not really too concerned. Now, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, holy hell. Like, Jamar Chase, I think, has like 17 catches and four touchdowns. They're hitting on on percentages that haven't been hit on in, ever. He just ran so, another fly route. Yeah, it, it's insane the connection they have, and they're not even really drawing it up. It's just pure talent beating talent. Like, he's that fast. He's that good at running routes. So I'm worried with Jair Alexander out, but hopefully let's just put Stokes on chase. Let's go. Yep. It's the college days. Yep. You guys rookie work rookie. it. Work it. And if anyone's got the makeup speed when Chase runs that fly route, even if Stokes gets beat off the line, which is what Chase has been doing, 
Stokes should be right there in his hip pocket. We've seen him have that ability. Uh, and I think the saving grace here, I, I, you look at the whole Bengals roster and I, you don't see a lot of weaknesses, but you don't see a lot of like pro bowl talent either at this point. Like they got guys that will be pro bowlers for sure, but you just see a lot of like steady, solid players everywhere, specifically on the defense. But on the offense, I think every wide receiver could have a big game, but they're going to feature Boyd and Jamar Chase. Higgins is going to get his targets. And then now, as of last week, a guy that's never been a threat in his entire career, Uzuma, has a career game. He's got like 11 total targets on the year or something like that, but he just put enough on film for us to be nervous about it. I think our saving grace is that Joe Mixon, in my opinion, doesn't look like he's playing. He had an ankle that started as a high ankle sprain. Then all of a sudden, it's a low-grade, low ankle sprain. He's riding the stationary bike at practice. But when the week started, this was a multi-week injury. So if he's out there, uh, he's probably a limited version of his of himself at best. So given the weaknesses we have in the secondaries from Jair being out and Kevin King just getting back, I think that at least gives us the opportunity to – uh, put one less guy in the box because Joe Mixon is the, isn't there. Samaj P. Ryan's the backup, and he has nine total attempts on the year for 28 yards. I mean, it's just a drastic drop off after him. But Burrow and these receivers can do some damage. Like they're they're going to score some points. It's just making sure we score more. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. This Dan, you you hit it right in the head. They do a lot of things well, but they don't do a lot of things great. And I, I look at this offensive line that can hold it together, but Packers need to get two or three sacks. Like it just has to happen. We, and that's why when the Jair situation happened, I almost looked at Zadarius' injury as becoming bigger because this is when you would need this D line to create pressure to put off kind of this secondary of hey, let's allow you to take advantage of mistakes rather than playing, you know full man-on-man trying to take care of business. But I love the idea of Stokes having a game purely based on speed. Uh, We talked about Kevin King, Amos, Savage. They need to take advantage because Joe Burrows has been played very solid, but he's also going to give you opportunities to get interceptions. Uh, The rushing game, especially if Mixon isn't available, is nowhere close to being anywhere that we've seen kind of in these previous games. I I look at this really as a as a San Francisco 2.0. Mm-hmm. They have a quarterback that does enough. They have a wide receiver crew that's talented enough. The running In the middle of the offensive up. line yeah, is correct. Shit. Correct. And I, I just hopefully we did such an amazing job in San Francisco. This is now a road game in Ohio, and I just hope that they can do the same. And all those wide receivers have height, so quite frankly, getting Kevin King back is pretty crucial this week. Whoever's like six, over think, Kevin King's getting a touchdown in 90 yards, calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you just turned ties on like your Packer homerism immediately. I'm not saying you're wrong. Just Well, uh, we'll still win, yeah. but that's going to happen. I mean, Higgins is like a small tight end. He's 6'4", 220-ish. Boyd's 6'2", 200. Jamar Chase is the small one at 6'1". I mean... To, to have some height back in the secondary is going to be nice, but I don't want either one of those safeties playing up near the line of scrimmage, you know, attacking the run game. Let's, let's hope that the D line and linebackers hold up. And yeah, Ryan, to your point, the, the pressure is going to have to be there. And 
Uh, I'm, I'm out on number 52, but maybe 91 can make some plays. 52 is going to start making them now that I'm out on him. But, <laughs> and, you know, Kenny Clark, Kenny's been causing some pressure at the middle, but Burrow's going to make some plays on us. Like, get ready for, for some frustration. How are we letting this Bengals team do this? But when you're It'll bad for fun. so long, when you're bad for so long, like the Bengals have been, all of a sudden you look at the roster and you're like, there's some talent everywhere on this roster. So I think it's going to be a pretty close game. And Vegas seems to agree with that approach. I want to throw this question out to you guys. What do you think this Bengals offense is rated in the NFL? What what ranking are they? I put it like four. 20th. 22nd overall. No. 22nd on the rush. Wait, 23rd Josh said in the passing <laughs> and 20th in scoring, which it actually is very comparable to the Packers, except for scoring. We've, we've reached that top 14 area. But, like, this is one of those where – the Vikings always seem to start really slow in that first game. If you watched it, which I did, it was just like the Bengals tried to play Bengals football, which was look really good and then screw it up in the fourth quarter. I just don't know if they've necessarily played people that are that great and they're barely squeaking by. It's just, it's crazy. The Vikings is their high water mark on points and it took overtime Mm -hmm. to get to 27. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty confident we can score 24, and that's the most they've scored in any game this year mm-hmm. in, regu- in regulation. So let's turn over to this Bengals defense, which is 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 pretty solid. They're seventh in the league. They have uh, Hendrickson, which you might remember as a, a sack beast down in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> B.J. Hill has also been playing really well. Not to mention he went to NC State. Not a big deal. Uh, but they have players. Wilson, their linebacker, who was Josh's crush out of Wyoming, has been fantastic this He's year. He's sexy. He's sexy. So how can we get this group going? Can the rushing game continue? Can this offense progress? Can we take advantage of this Bengals defense? Man, I, I think everything LaFleur is going to call is going to He's going to call off of Logan Wilson. You, you, this guy is disruptive. Uh, he's very instinctive this year too. I, I watching film uh, the past couple of days. I, he's he's better than what he looked like in college. Um, he's gotten a lot larger too, so he, he's bigger and and fills the run game better than I thought. Also, um, but yeah, he's all over the field. So design your offense against him. Um, the secondary, they're decent. Like you said, they're all a, like a bunch of B plus players. You know, they're not, they're not elite anymore. Von Bell, Trey Waynes, Eli Apple, Eli Apple. You've all heard their names, but they're at the back end of their careers. So it, it, it's something that I think they'll take advantage of. Very similar to how we've seen recently is, attack the deep ball because they're not as fast as they were. And we still have some speed on the outside. Uh, I mean, Devonte Adams, I think is going to have a day, even if they try to double him, I think he's still going to have a day. I mean, it, it, yes, they've played well so far, but look who they played. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Remember Devonta eating up Trey Waynes and the other corner, Chidobi Awuzie was the Cowboys corner that was always getting picked on. When the Cowboys, you know, they still don't have an amazing secondary. They got digs. But uh, when the Cowboys were known for a horrendous secondary, it was a Wouzier that was being the the culprit of that quite a bit. So Josh is right. Logan Wilson was essentially my notes. I mean, this guy, 
leads the team in tackles by 15. You know, he's got 40 on the year already. And he also leads the team in passes defended and interceptions with three each from the linebacker position. Um, and, and that's about where my notes stop because I travel so much this week. I'm becoming like every other Packer podcast and I'm reading box scores, gentlemen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So the one thing I would note, I was listening to one of my go-to NFL scouting podcasts and they had a really good point. And I like the Bengals defensive ends from the games I've been able to watch of them in the, in the first four weeks, uh, Hubbard and Hendrickson, neither guy you know, and these are the scouts terms too, but you, you can kind of get this vibe as you watch them play. They're not hyper talented guys. You're not going to compare them to Chase Young or the, you know, the DeForest Buckners of the world, but to pair these guys up on each end, they're just grinders, like always a hundred percent effort. It's going to be huge to have Elton Jenkins back in this game. I assume he's going to be back at left tackle and they can shift the guard spots around. Uh, oh, actually, leave the guards alone. Nijman, you, you've done some good service for us. We appreciate it. Uh, but it's going to be big to have Jenkins back because I think Hubbard and Hendrickson can make some plays against us just on effort alone. Like these guys, they just keep popping up, and you just keep wondering, like, they're not that great of a player. How they, you know, Hendrickson came from that New Orleans Saints system, and he yep. was a key role player for them. I think those two, beyond Logan Wilson, those two are kind of the ones I'm going to have my eye on because it'll be interesting. I don't think you have to respect them as much as you did like the 49ers DNs, um, but if you don't respect them, they're going to make some plays. I, I, I think they attack it a lot like they did the Steelers. Uh, it, it will collapse at times, but most of the time they'll run around. Uh, you know, they're very aggressive. So just use their aggressive behavior against them and, you know, do the same. It'll work. Yeah, and I also think that this is similar to the Steelers game of this defense will give you all the eight-yard throws that you want. Like you can, if if you're willing to be patient and take your time on drives, the Packers can find their yardage, which is going to lead a little bit in my prediction. So let's get going with this. How do we feel? And what are our predictions and who's the MVP about Packers, Bengals, Sunday in Cincinnati? I, I want to go first here. Go, 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 go. Let go. me go. Let me go. I got it. Got it. Got it. So originally I had Packers 27-24 because I do feel like it's going to be a close game. But the Vegas over-under is also at 50. And I think it could be a sneaky high-scoring game because I think the Packers offense should have some success. And with the the issues on the Packers' defense, I think the Bengals will have some big plays, quite frankly. I, I don't know about sustained drives as much as big plays. Um, so 27-24 all of a sudden felt like too close and too low scoring. So my score that I put in was Packers 31, Bengals 24. Uh, I'll give them their high water mark on regulation points, but... I do think the Packers win, but I, I think there's going to be some nerve-wracking moments in this game. So the reason or the way that I hope the Packers combat that is my MVP selection is A.J. Dillon. I think he showed us what we needed to see last week with the ground and pound in the second half. I think if you want to keep Burrow and all those playmakers off the field because the weakness you currently have in the secondary, the makeshift linebacker core you're going to be rolling out, maybe they're healthy, maybe they're not. If you want to limit their snaps this week and try to keep the guys that are out there healthy, 
let's grind out that clock. And what better way than, you know, Aaron Jones doing his usual thing, but then AJ Dillon getting 15 carries for another 70 yards and let's put him in the end zone and, and just doing a little time of possession game here. I don't care about anything sexy. You just need to go win this game in Cincinnati. He said my MVP is AJ Dillon, 3124. Damn. I'm going to go next because damn, you stole my notes. For a fact, you stole my notes because I had the final score of 31-23, and I had Mr. Aaron Jones as my MVP. That's different. You look at the last two weeks, and if you can handle your running game against the Bengals, you'll have success. So last week, Robinson went for 78 yards and two touchdowns. The week before that, Najee Harris didn't really have a great day running the ball. He only had 40 yards. But he had 14 receptions and 102 receiving yards. This is the game, and we've we've seen moments of it, but we haven't gone all the way in for this this running back group that both has hands and ability to stretch the field from the backfield and throwing the ball. This is the game. This is the game. Lafleur gets the motions going, and all those beautiful, sexy touchdowns that we saw last year, where Jones is just alone in the corner. You're going to see that. So. I, I just have a feeling that there's going to be a large portion of this game that is ugly. There's a large portion of this game that you're going to be saying to yourself as a Packer fan, please, God, let's just get out of Cincinnati. With Come on. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. We hold up just enough. There's going to be some big plays by their receivers. There's going to be some moments where you go, how is Burroughs not on the ground? It's going to happen. But Aaron Jones and that backfield, as Dan said, will be the difference maker in this game. We get just enough out of our secondary for what's left of it. But we'll, we'll find a way to win this game. Guys, I think we all had the same damn notes. Well, watch it be completely opposite then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, we need no to. Way turn, to we're screwing ourselves. Josh, say that we're going to lose by 30. Hurry. Go, I, go, go, go. I have the Packers winning 30 to 23. And I, I agree with everything you guys say. I, I I think the Packers are gonna look solid on defense. I mean, yes, the Bengals have had some sex some some sex some success over the top. Um but I, I think we can eliminate that with, with how we play our safeties. I, I think Savage and Amos are gonna be a key part uh in that. And I honestly don't think our offense has any issue. I, I think we're very I, I think we, we we will we will punt a couple times, but I, I I think we'll have some long sustained drives. They'll look they'll look really good. They'll be easy. Um, I, I I don't have any worry there. But my MVP I was going to say Rodgers because I I do think it's going to be a shootout like you guys are saying, and and I think you might have to have a perfect game. But I'm switching it. I'm going Campbell. I really think if Joe Mixon does not play, he can he can focus more on that secondary and, and helping out underneath um, and really cutting off some of those routes that the Bengals have been succeeding with over the middle and those crossing routes. I think he can help with that. Um, I, I think we see another turnover by him. I think we see multiple tackles for loss, especially if Joe Mixon isn't playing uh, Campbell, baby, let's go. Wow, Josh, really went outside the box with that Campbell pick. Didn't see that one coming. Wow, had no idea. <laughs> Don't you just marry the guy already? God. 
Hey, you can't blame me. Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> you did say sexy and variations of that word about five times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had a Mai Tai before. I feel good. I, I, I fear that this podcast has become overly confident and it only took <laughs> four weeks since the Saints game to feel that way. But this is just this is one of those games that if you want to be a playoff team, you find a way to win whoever is on the field. And I just hope we can pull it off. We'll see what happens. Let's go Packers. Let's take yeah. care of business. It'll be a good one. Now, now, come Cardinals, I might feel way different, boys. But oh, I will. right now, well, confident. Yeah. Based, on, based on today. Yeah. <laughs> but this is going to be a good game. Ahead. This is way too far ahead. But, yeah, I actually do think I wouldn't even be surprised if this is a last drive kind of game that let's steal this one, baby. Let's do it. So until next time, thanks, everybody. Go Pack, go. Go.